Hi everyone, welcome to Communicast, a communication skills podcast. I'm Scott D'Amico, president of Communispond, a global communication skills training organization. On each episode, I try to distill down what it means to be a great communicator. And today I'm talking with Ryan Dunn of the Institute for Corporate Productivity, also known as I4CP. We hit on a number of things that impact communication skills, such as keeping your ego in check, being a learn-it-all rather than a know-it-all, and the importance of seeing things from the other person's point of view. I hope you enjoy. Ryan, thank you so much for being here today. If you can, to get us started, maybe just tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and what you do today. Hey, sounds good. Well, first and foremost, Scott, thank you so much for having me. Really excited for the opportunity today. Just a little bit about my background. I've spent the last two decades, um, most of the time in higher education, but really working with HR leaders all throughout the world creating different types of innovative solutions to really help their human capital strategies through a variety of different organizations. Currently, I'm at I4CP, which stands for the Institute for Corporate Productivity. Our mission is really around discovering and advancing next practices in human capital. We're a research organization, and I'm, I'm very fortunate to have the opportunity to lead a couple of different thought leadership groups, a couple of different CHRO Next next Practice Boardroom Series events, and then also a, a Chief Talent Officer Forum. On top of that, I support all of the different uh, members of I4CP throughout the Midwest region. Excellent. Wow. Sounds fascinating. Thank you so much for, for sharing that to get us started. So I would imagine you know, with, with your career working a lot in the human resources space, CHROs, talent development, organizational development, and then also layering in that that factor of higher education and working with organizations, you've probably heard the term soft skills quite a bit, probably more than you, you would care, right? And it's you know, over the past decade, it's, it's really been so much debate about this, the importance of soft skills. Should they be called soft skills, hard skills, durable skills, 21st century skills, whatever it may be. But when you, when you hear that soft skills or really more specifically to our conversation today, this idea of communication skills, what does that mean to you? Yeah, it's a great question, Scott, and, and you're spot on. I mean, it's had, you know, maybe 20 different iterations of names over the last two decades. You know, you hear things like power skills or soft is the new hard skills, and it uh, just continues. I like to keep things pretty simple. And so to me, when I think of communication skills, it's really a set of tools that one must consistently hone, redefine, and develop throughout all parts of their life. And I think it's essentially table stakes to really ensure that you have productive relationships throughout all different aspects of your life, whether that be personal, professional, uh, some combination of the two. But that's, that's the way in which I, I think about soft skills and the ability to not only understand, but also connect and add value to the, the folks that we run across and interact with throughout all parts of our life. Absolutely. Yeah. You bring up a great point, the idea of all aspects of your life. I think a lot of people miss that, the, the transferability of soft skills or communication skills from work to family and also you know, from family to work. I know in my career, my life, there's been instances where you know, I, I take something that I'm using at work and I bring it home and, and use it for the family. And sometimes there's something that's going on, whether it's how I communicate with, with my spouse or the kids that it, it's clicking and it's working. I figure out you know, how can I bring that into you know, into the workplace and make things more effective here. So when when somebody says, you know, this person is a great communicator, what what comes to mind? Right? What are you envisioning when you hear somebody is a great communicator? 
Yeah, I think there's a number of different things that come to mind, but I, I think as you, myself, you know, folks that are listening to this, think about the term great communicator, inevitably different people are popping into their brain and they have very clear visuals around people who they identify as, you know, great communicators. And I think, as I think about my own list, they're, they're folks that really capture attention. They have the, they have the magnificent ability to not only connect purpose, but also understand the moment and, and really kind of lead a groundswell of, of momentum around essentially the framework that they're communicating. And so, you know, as I think about how do you get to that place, I think one of the things that's most important is this notion of preparation. And so when you come into any, you know, important conversation, whether that be with a spouse, whether that be with your children or, you know, somebody you have the pleasure to do work with, um, being able to really prepare and understand what it might be like to be in their shoes. What are they thinking about that's top of mind? And then on top of that, you want to be able to customize your approach. And so, you know, a conversation you're having with one potential prospect that's in a, maybe a manufacturing organization might be a bit different than a financial services contact that you're connecting with. It reminds me, Scott, of a, a story. I was meeting with the chief learning officer of General Mills a couple of years ago. This was actually about 10 years ago, earlier in my career. And the first question he asked me is, what did you have for breakfast? I thought, well, that was a fascinating question. And, and my answer, of course, was uh, Cheerios. And he said, that's a good answer, because had you said something else, the meeting might have been over. <laughs> I said, okay, um, I love this guy. And so from, from that story, it just reiterated uh, the importance of being prepared and really understanding kind of what was top of mind. I also think it's important to build rapport quickly. You know, we only have so much time in the day. All the folks that we have a chance and a privilege to interact with, um, we're competing for time on their calendar. And how do we ensure that, that that moment is worth their time and that we're this kind of individual value generator for them? I also think it's important as we run across all kinds of different human beings throughout our, throughout our career, you know, personal and professional, to keep your ego unchecked. Because all of, us, all of us have our biases that we bring to the table. All of us have perspective. And, and we really need to listen intently and really seek, seek to hear, seek to understand versus seeking to respond. Um, I think that's, that's critically important. And then another thing that I know I try to teach my own children, and uh, I do a lot of youth sports coaching as well, is own either your or your firm's mistakes uh, or failures without blame, without excuses, and objectively assess what works and also what doesn't in order to improve. And then finally, I think it's important to ask for feedback. We're on this continuous journey about you know, really learning it all versus know it all. And I want to get better. I want to be a better version of myself uh, tomorrow than I am today. And, and I think by connecting with the folks that we have the privilege to do business with or interact with, get that peer coaching because they'll help shape that better version that we're all looking for. Awesome. Wow. You hit on so many important things there. And the ultimate goal, right, is this idea of capturing attention. Once you have the attention, you know, how do you inspire people to action? So I, I just jotted down a few things that you hit on that that I found really interesting uh, that all are, are key skills you know, that play the part of getting attention and inspiring people into action. The idea of preparing, customizing your message or tailoring your message, 
and then really understanding the other person's point of view. You know, for me, those, those three things all, all kind of go hand in hand, right? It's, it's challenging, I think, to understand the other person's point of view. It can be challenging or almost impossible to tailor or customize your message if you haven't done the preparation on the front end. And as I think about preparing, and this has come up in other conversations, the idea of you're preparing enough so that you are ready to go, but also still flexible, right? Where you can call an audible when you get to the line of scrimmage and and adjust. And this idea of capturing attention, I love the question of what did you have for breakfast this morning? That is a question that really would capture somebody's attention. And oftentimes people think you need to have these profound, life-changing questions to really get somebody's attention. But sometimes it's something very simple that can get somebody to lean back and go, hmm, that's interesting. You know, get them to think is a really powerful question. So thank you for sharing those. So if you think about, you know, that framework that you've laid out, all these different skills or tools that you need to have to be an effective communicator, over the last 18 months, we've seen a tremendous amount of change in the workplace from almost entirely working in the office to almost entirely working at home, now to this blended environment and kind of what people are predicting is to be the future of work for quite some time. You know, if you think about these, these communication skills that blend into leadership skills and productivity, you know, what have you seen change over the past 18 months? What are organizations now looking for for their people to bring to the table to be in, effective in this environment? Yeah, it's it's a great question, Scott. And uh, at I4CP, we're a human capital research organization, as I mentioned earlier, and we're we're actually spending a a tremendous amount of energy to really help lead the global HR community through kind of this this new notion or this next era of work. And so I think a couple of things that are critically important is the evolution of the leadership skills. We did a study over the course of the last year called Leadership Redefined, and we looked at things that were going to be critical moving forward, things like seeking to understand others, modeling transparent communication, demonstration of a, a digital mindset, you know, and, and really the emphasis on leading virtually. And I think one of the things that um, really kind of sticks with me, whether you're in person or virtually, is really explaining the importance of why. And so... As you, as you communicate, connecting the audience to the overarching vision or strategy and really kind of setting the table around, here's our vision, here's the strategy, here's the roles that we play, and then also seeking input along the way. What you touched on earlier was this notion of agility and critically important. We see that in all of the research that we do that this agile mindset, but also behaviors are going to be critically important for leaders uh, to really adapt, because no matter how much we prepare, as you and I know, Scott, you're, you're always running into scenarios that you didn't quite expect. And so what do you do at that moment to really ensure that you're memorable, but also connecting back to, to kind of the object at hand and, and making sure that you're delivering value? Right. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with that. It is one, so important to be flexible during any time in business in life, being able to adapt and change as the environment changes around you. And really this idea of you know, the why. And I think especially yeah. when things are uncertain, you're going through change in an organization, a lot of times people can forget that. They get so focused on the tactical as the what, here's what we need to do, one, two, three, four, 
they, they forget to communicate the why we're doing this. And that's really what can inspire people to, to follow, right? You know, this, here's the big picture. Here's what we're doing. Here's what we're trying to change or trying to accomplish at the organization, for our customers, for the world, whatever it may be, you know, what is the why behind it? And if you're able to clearly communicate that, I think it makes getting the what or the, the steps, the tactical things done a lot easier, right? Because people will buy into it more, people will follow through. And, you know, and I just think about times in my career when the organization I was at was going through a tremendous amount of change. You know, for me, it was always thinking about what's the most important thing and communicating it to the team. You know, our product may not have been fully baked. Uh, we didn't exactly know what the mission or vision was going to be going forward. But if I thought about at this moment, what's the most important thing? And for us, typically, it was always meeting with our clients, discovering the human capital challenges that they're having, and figuring out how can we help, right? So if you start to communicate the why or what's the most important thing, it really keeps people engaged, keeps people moving forward. Yeah, you bring up a good point there, Scott. And it makes me think of just kind of this idea around what if we were all on the same team? Instead of, you know, either virtually or in person, you know, almost having kind of a conversation where one, one person's on one side of the table, one person's on the other, or one person's on a Zoom call and the other person's kind of giving and receiving. What if you're rolling up your sleeves and you're both working on the project at hand? Whether they end up uh, buying those goods or services, at the end of the day, may or may not matter. But our ability to really connect and help them uh, through that particular situation or challenge or opportunity that they're working on is, is very critical. And so at the end of each interaction, you want to ensure that I think it's incredibly memorable. And what if we're all wearing the same jerseys by the end of a couple of different meetings? So we're on the same team. We're all helping each other out. Uh, it's a whole different way to look at it. And I think if you're able to do that, um, you, you can really gain a lot of traction and go further faster. It's kind of this notion of slow down to speed up by paying attention to that relationship currency up front. Right. Yeah. The relationship currency is huge. It helps to build that trust. And for me, it's always come down to those, those key communication skills of have I prepared Am I asking thoughtful, relevant questions? Am I tailoring my message to what I heard? And I think as whether you are trying to you know, sell into an organization, really anyone that you're talking to, as they feel that, they felt that you really cared enough to do the prep work, to learn about them, their organization, their industry, whatever it may be, to come in and ask relevant questions about how you can help solve whatever problems they may be facing, and then tailoring your responses back to their problem and not just your product, it builds that trust and move things along a lot, a lot more quickly. Yeah, absolutely. So you shifting gears just a little bit, you know, if you think about, you've seen a lot from different organizations at the highest levels within the HR and talent functions. But if you were to step back and think about your own career, you know, what are two of the three communication skills that, that you have or that you've developed over time that have really led to your success? What I've tried to do, Scott, and haven't been perfect, but what I've always kind of set out to do is treat people or prospects like customers before they ever purchased. And so it's that notion of not only building the relationship currency, but how can I help you today, even if you're not going to buy from me for a year? Maybe you never do, mm -hmm. but you might refer me to somebody else. And so it's, it's creating a catalyst around how do 
how do we have more and more ambassadors that are supporting the mission that I'm on? And just like that, how can I support, you know, these other folks that I'm interacting with so that together, you know, we're, we're creating raving fans around the work that we're doing. And I think that's, I think that's a beautiful place that you can strive to be at. I, I definitely think it's a journey, not a destination, but uh, as we've talked about, I learned early in my career that relationship currency was critical. I, I oftentimes would think about what is my brand worth? And if I wasn't sure or just wanted to verify and validate, I would ask uh, not only some folks that I was really close to, but I was always a little bit worried that maybe that would be a little bit biased because I was close to them. So I'd oftentimes ask folks I had just met, how did you feel that interaction went? Was that a good use of your time? Did you learn something new? Are you gonna be able to put that into practice? And some folks have given extremely candid feedback and, and some areas I've been able to, you know, really deliver extreme value in other areas. Um, you know, I've learned along the way that there's things I can do and, and tweak to really make sure it's the best use of everyone's time. And I think that feedback is, is credible, um, or excuse me, it's, it's credible, but it's also, it's what's needed to ensure that you keep progressing. So, you know, am I credible? Am I relevant? Am I, am I able to deliver? And then I think the other piece of it is, you know, how do you, how do you continue to instill the passion around the work that we do, around the services that you can provide to help someone else, around this moment in time that we're all dealing with where there's, there's a multitude of crises, but there's also a significant number of opportunities in front of us. And so I think uh, this is a moment where the real leaders will stand up. And whether you're leading people or you're a strong influencer, the ability to lead and deliver value and, and really connect this notion of a better culture, you know, bringing the passion to the table and, and really driving the work forward, um, I think just kind of creates a better version of ourselves for everyone that's engaged in, in that. So as you have been you know, a people leader in leading teams, what are some of the things that you've done to develop that team cohesion, the unity, the culture of driving towards the mission? You know, how, do you, how do you accomplish that as a people leader? I think there's a number of ways that uh, you can do that. And I, I think it all starts with you know, really building a foundation of trust. As I think back throughout my, my own career, I think of you know, so many wonderful leaders uh, that have, have really helped set me up for success. And so I think that's, that's critically important. So it's, it's the things like being able to check your own ego, but also empower because being able to collect the insights out of uh, minds across the entire team is such a stronger, stronger set of data, stronger set of insights that is better than any one single leader's. At the same time, it's also important to show them that you, you care about them, get to know them personally, being able to say their kids' names, understand what sports they're in, what activities they're a part of, what are some of their hobbies. Uh, that's really knowing the, own, the true person. And, and I think of leaders throughout my career that, that knew me that well, knew how I was wired, knew, what I was, knew where I flourished, knew where maybe I, I wasn't best set up for success. Those are the folks that you want to run through a wall for. And so I think, I think those, are, those are a number of key ingredients. You know, I think that what should never be lost is the ability to empower and give freedom, at least within a framework, so that uh, 
folks have a chance to really collectively co-own the success of the team. I think when it's just kind of pushed on down, um, you lose something along the way. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of love the, the idea that you had mentioned of really getting to know the person. And, and I will admit early on in my you know, people leadership days, that was didn't come natural for me. I was, and I remember getting some feedback at the time from, I believe it was 360 assessment that, you know, Scott's just all business, right? We get on the one-on-ones, okay, hey, how are things going? I was very supportive and wasn't, you know, mean about things. It's just, I was just kind of focused on, on the business. And I realized that when I stepped back and started to take the initiative and learn more about, you know, my, the people on my team, their whole lives, their families, what's going on, it was just like a switch flipped. And it was just so much increased productivity, better relationships, more re- retainment within the team and hitting those results. And so for me, and it took having some, some strong leaders that took the interest in me to really know about me and my family and my kids and my pets and my interests, all that type of stuff. So that I can't stress enough the importance of, you know, when you are a people leader, it's just not just about kind of driving people towards goals. It is, you know, how do you understand them? What motivates them? What drives them? Uh, and then outside of work, who is this person? So Ryan, if you have to think maybe somebody throughout your career, you've touched on it a couple of times, you've had some really strong leaders that have you know, got to know you. Who's someone from throughout your career, and you don't have to name names, but if you think about this person, they're such a great leader and, and a strong communicator, you know, what set them apart? And so I just kind of reiterating back to your last comments, Scott, and you're, you're spot on. I think, I think I too was maybe under a, a false pretense that kind of personal and professional should be separated earlier in my career. And I've also learned that lesson along the way. And I love the summary you just put together around why it's critically important. As I, as I reflect back on my career, as I've mentioned, I've had a, a whole set of wonderful leaders. I've also had some that um, maybe weren't as good. And candidly, I'm, I'm fortunate for both experiences mm-hmm. because it, it's helped shape who I am today. And so as I think back about one such leader, uh, the thing that he did very early in our, very early in our kind of me reporting to him is he set very clear expectations with me. They were crystal clear. And he also demonstrated extreme trust. He told me he had my back. And what he shared was that I'm going to give you a rope. And you have the opportunity to really build, create, innovate, and grow your market. Um, at the same time, if you if you fail uh, or or you know have a setback and learn from that setback, that's all good. If you keep doing the same thing, you also have the ability to hang yourself on that rope. And he kind of had the the idea of being a fighter jet, like if I was going to get into you know, something that maybe would be career altering, he would come in and help uh, versus the helicopter approach. Like and, and I know I've even tried to do that with my own children mm-hmm. uh, to, to let, because sometimes they need to, and I hate the term fail, but sometimes you need to learn that lesson. And oftentimes that's the best way to grow. And so just making sure though, that whatever that lesson might be, it's, if it's a life altering lesson, <laughs> right. uh, that's where I think the fighter jet analogy comes in handy. Love the analogy between the, the fighter jet and the helicopter. That's great. I'm going to have to, I'm going to steal that one, but you know, it's the idea, two things you hit on that have come up a lot in my conversations, the idea of setting very clear expectations. It's, it's a lot easier to hold people accountable when you communicate those clear expectations 
on the front end. And then also the idea of starting with trust, right? You have my trust to begin with. It's up to you whether to keep it or to lose it. And I think when you start with trust, things move uh, at a lot more rapid pace. You can go out there and do things. And, and as you mentioned, if you fail, whatever you want to call it, fail, get knocked down, things don't go right. Uh, and maybe a minor way or a mild way, that's okay. That's You're going to learn from that, hopefully, with a goal from a leader, helping people learn from those challenges to help make them better. So absolutely. Awesome. Ryan, I want to be, be respectful of your time. Just one last question. You know, as we are wrapping up here, right? Some of that's listening, maybe they are just coming out of school, getting ready to go into the workplace, or maybe they're mid-career and pivoting, going into a completely new industry, have been out of work for a while. One piece of advice that you would have for them around you know, the importance of developing or honing their communication skills. Just reflecting on my own career, there's a couple of things that some that I, I learned early and some that I learned a little later that I wish I would have learned earlier. But probably, probably the most important is treat people well. I, I just think that's so simple, but it's, it's so critical. At the end of the day, people work with who they know, like, and trust. Every single interaction you're having, uh, folks are making a decision around, do I want to spend more time with that person? Is that somebody I want to continue to work for? Is that somebody who, you know, really has my back and is willing to support me along the way? I think for the folks that are earlier in career, and, and this is really true at any point, but especially earlier, build your own kind of board of directors. Who are those people that you can go to? Some that you work with, some that maybe are in adjacent industries, customers, you know, just people you know that can really give you that real-time feedback, can give you that career advice, because the strength of your support system is critical to being successful. Um, don't underestimate the, the value of your networks. Um, networks create so many different types of opportunities, and it's important around onboarding, it's important around transition, it's important around so many different aspects of somebody's professional career, and the work that we all do personally too with major life changes. Another thing I would share is just, just the notion of vision over visibility. And what I mean by that is at times in anyone's career, at times in anyone's life, there's going to be these moments where you're not entirely sure what's coming next. Um, and I think it's at those moments you have to double down on what your North Star is. To what extent am I every day waking up passionate about the work that I do? Every day, to what extent am, am, is the work that I'm doing, you know, aligning to not only my passion, but also the purpose? Like, are we, are we doing something that's actually changing the face of the HR market or uh, business overall? And as I think back to even at I4CP, um, when the pandemic first hit, one of the things we did is we built out a series of weekly calls where we just brought the global HR community together. And even while many folks were kind of sitting on the sidelines, not in a position to really act because they were seeing the crisis of the hour unfold in front of them, we were able to build a community. We were able to you know, really drive value through the notion of environmental scanning, the different insights that are out there. And so I think that ties back into this notion of vision over visibility. Like we never lost our way around how can we continue to serve and add value? And I think any, anyone throughout their career are going to run into moments like that. And that's, again, where you need to double down on what's true to you 
and what is that North Star? And uh, eventually, I think the visibility comes back and you're on the right path. Love it. Yeah, I think what you just hit on there, all those things are great for anyone at any point throughout their career. And I will just say, having known you for quite some time, I don't need probably over a decade now that we've known each other, worked together in a, a number of different capacities, that you know everything you shared today, I've seen you put into practice yourself. Right? It's this idea of, of treating people well, asking for feedback, you know, re relating the vision. It, it's always good when you see people walk the walk, right? When they talk about things, but they're also putting into practice. So it's, it's just amazing to hear that. Thank you, Ryan, so much for, for joining me today, taking the time out of your busy schedule and sharing some of your expertise. Have a good one. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Scott. It's an important topic and love the work you and your team are doing. And um, thank you for the opportunity. Thanks, Ryan. A special thanks again to my guest, Ryan Dunn from I4CP for joining me today and sharing his insights. And remember, whether it's in life or at work, to be an effective leader and communicator, treat people well, listen to understand rather than respond, and focus on the vision over visibility. I hope you enjoy and please remember to subscribe to the podcast to get notified of new episodes. Thanks and have a great day.